This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for February 12, 2023. The title of the message is Scripture and Salvation, Part 2. Well, we come now to that part of our service in which we open our Bibles and we read God's Word. Let it be a means of grace to us as it's read and particularly as it is preached. Uh, if you turn with me uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, a few weeks ago, I um, began uh, preaching on the first part of, of the section, and now I'd like to finish it. Uh, let me read verses 14 to 17 of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. Hear now the reading of God's holy word, beginning in verse 14. But as for you, oh, excuse me. There you go, okay. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. You know, um, during uh, this during the pandemic and post-pandemic time, um, it has been shocking to see how many Christians, how many churches, and how many pastors, and particularly friends uh, whom I went to seminary with and have pastored with for many years, uh, not necessarily in the OPC, but, but in just the general Christian circles that I find myself, it's been sad and heartbreaking to see how many have dropped out of ministry and dropped out of the Christian faith uh, and just uh, jettisoned Christ. Uh, it's been heartbreaking. It's been hard. And, and uh, I remember the very first time that a very good friend of mine apostatized. Um, that's just a fancy word for someone who... Uh, turned away from Jesus, who once believed, or at least it looked that way on the surface, and maybe in their, in their heart they thought they believed, but uh, they stopped believing, and they turned away from the Lord Jesus Christ and walked, uh, walked away and, did a di and went a different way. Uh, I remember the very first time a very close Christian friend apostatized and how it shook my own faith. Um, I had I guess you could say I'd just come into uh, Reformed theology, and, and one of the reasons that I came into the Reformed faith was the doctrine of, of the perseverance of the saints. And, uh, and I had struggled with assurance in my own life. And so to come into this one church and to see someone who I thought was so godly, someone who was so mature in the faith, someone who would help me 
uh, with the doctrines of grace and this particularly the assurance of salvation and, and perseverance of the saints to then turn around and walk away from the Lord shook my faith. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the, I thought maybe something was wrong uh, with the idea of perseverance of the saints, you know, because, you know, how else could you um, explain uh, what happened? And it just turned out that um, I learned that my faith has to be my own and I can't look to someone else's perseverance for my perseverance. Um, and I hope that, that, and I guess that's a little bit of, of wisdom for you all, because there'll be times where someone whom you look up to, someone who's been um, a, a stalwart of, of the Christian faith in your life, you never know. They can, they can walk away for whatever reason. And, and I hope that your faith will not be shaken because, um, you know, the Bible is true. And there is such a thing as the perseverance of the, of the saints, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Uh, and that your perseverance doesn't depend on anyone else's perseverance. Your perseverance is yours. Even if you were the only Christian left on the earth and everyone else, else uh, walked away, um, you know, that's all God's grace. And so I hope that you'll... Um, uh, not be shaken the way that I was, and it took me a while. But uh, one of the one of the benefits of that time was really thinking about continuing. What do I need to do to continue to persevere in the Christian faith, let alone the Christian ministry? And that's what the Apostle Paul is uh, conveying to Timothy as he's giving his departing words. Right, he's passing the torch the mantle to Timothy, his uh, son in the faith. And, uh, and, you know, Timothy, I mean, Paul, Paul as I mentioned before, Paul is imprisoned and, and, you know, he may die soon. You know, this is kind of like his last will and testament, passing on uh, what to Timothy, what he thinks Timothy needs. And this is at the core, one of the most important aspects of it. How to continue not only in your ministry, but in your faith. And, and how not to fall away. So what, is, what does Paul tell Timothy here? And he pretty much says, Timothy, continue in the faith by continuing in Christ and his word. And that's what we're going to look at this evening. So first, how do, how do we do that? Right? Look at what he says there in verse 14. He said, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and, um, and have firmly believed. In other words, he's telling him, we need to go back to the fundamentals of what you first believed. Your first love. Uh, the, the first gospel that was preached to you. Uh, the first message of salvation that you had. Uh, and don't stray from it. Hold on to it. Let it be the anchor for your soul. Um, and so, so that's, so let me break up this first section here. We have to continue in the faith by continuing in the Christ-centered word. 
Um, and it begins with the apostolic teaching of the gospel. Look at what he says, go, goes on to say there. Uh, and uh, that you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So it's not, all, it's not, it's not only important to learn the, the first message that you first heard, but the first ones who told it to you. And if you remember Timothy's life, he had two sources. The first was his grandmother and his mother, right? Eunice and, oh, I can't remember. Lois, thank you very much. Uh, who taught him the Old Testament scriptures from his birth. He was a covenant child. Even though his father was Gentile, he was raised in a covenant home, right? If one or both parents are believers, the child is holy. And so Timothy grew in a covenant home and learned the scriptures. Um, and he may have believed it from his mother's womb. We're not completely sure. Uh, or at some point, you know, in his upbringing, he, uh, something clicked. He was born again and he put his faith in Christ and made a profession of faith. Uh, but he learned it from a fellow Christian in the context of a covenant home. The other source that, that Timothy learned it from is from who? From the Apostle Paul, right? That, that the apostolic foundation of the Christian church was being laid and Timothy was there to receive that foundation. Um, and, and so uh, it, is, it is the foundation of the apostles, upon which the Christian church is founded. Not, not apostolic succession, as other churches would, would uh, uh, put forward, but apostolic truth. And how do we get that apostolic truth? From the Bible, right? That's from, from Matthew all the way to Revelation. It is all apostolic truth. And so what that, what that means for you and for me is to remember the gospel that you first heard and and, uh, and measure everything else by it. Right? I still remember when I was a, a young Christian, and I remember hearing the gospel of salvation by grace through faith alone in Christ alone and being converted by it at the age of 13. And then later on, coming across uh, a Christian cult in which they, they added a little something to it, which was, you have to believe and be baptized by them. And, and I thought, well, and I asked them, I was like, well, what if you believe and you're not baptized at your church? And they're like, then you're not saved. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hey. The Bible says you're saved by grace alone through faith alone, apart from works. And what is, what is being baptized in your church? Anything other than a work to be added. And if if I need that to be saved, then Jesus is not sufficient for my salvation. See, and I just remember, I was just so thankful that, that, I, um, that the Lord brought that to my remembrance. And so I hope that all of you will remember what you first learned of, your, of, of the grace of the gospel. That which captured your heart, melted it, broke it. Uh, and, and, the, and through it, the Lord gave you a new heart with a new life to be justified, sanctified, adopted, uh, to, be, to persevere uh, 
uh, unto glory, to have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That there's nothing more, nothing less that God can give you that he hasn't already given to you when you first believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That it is that first message from which you were saved that you will not stray from. So if anybody else, Paul tells, tells the Galatians, if anyone else preaches to you on any other gospel but the one that I first preached to you, Paul says, let them be accursed. Even Paul was applying it even to his own message. That even if I come back, right, I preach to you in Galatians, I come back and I come back and I preach a different gospel, which one are you going to believe? Believe the first one, not the second one. If an angel comes to you and preaches another gospel, what are you going to do? Believe the gospel that was first preached to you. That's what Paul is saying there. And the whole book of Galatians is about, you know, you just add one little thing, circumcision, and you'll be saved. No. When you add anything to the gospel, you take away the whole gospel. I really, I love how, I think it was maybe um, Billy Graham or I forget who it was, but, but Jesus, Jesus plus, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus something equals nothing. And uh, that's what Paul is saying here. Uh, that's one of the ways in which to continue. Uh, another way to continue is, is looking at the scriptures as the foundational word uh, of faith. That it is the word of God upon which everything is built upon and not to build anything else outside of it. Um, and that it is the word that points us to Jesus. It is the word of Christ, right? It just reminds us of when Paul, I'm sorry, when uh, when the disciples were on the road to Emmaus and, and, uh, and they couldn't recognize who Jesus was and then finally they did and then Jesus said, you know, oh, you of, you know, of weak heart, you know, don't you know what the scriptures teach? That the law, the prophets, and the writings, they all point to me. That the Christ must suffer and after three days rise again. Um, and so you have to go back to the word of God. Let that be foundational. Let that be fundamental. Uh, don't go, I guess maybe, and here's, here's where I think a lot of Christians and a lot of churches go astray. Is that the Bible becomes kind of old hat. You know, I've read the Bible so many times. Give me something else. I need something else. Maybe I need um, uh, life coaching from a Christian perspective. I need, maybe I need a little bit of, of uh, uh, the therapeutic uh, approach to scriptures, you know, how, how, how Christianity heals me from all of my mental health uh, illnesses. And, and in, in some ways, I think, you know, healing from various um, uh, mental health, there might be a spiritual uh, root to it, but it's a byproduct of the gospel, it can't be the, f- the most important aspect of the gospel, right? You're not going to be saved in order so that you can have a, um, a better, more uh, f- uh, anxiety-free life, right? Yeah, you, you, you need to hear the gospel and be completely changed, and then your anxieties will be less and less. But that's only because you're trusting the Lord more than fearing your fears. So... Um, or, or just maybe the latest and, and, and most recent trends in American Christianity. Um, what I'm saying here is the, 
the word of God is foundational and fundamental, and it is sufficient. And we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, the word of God contains everything that you need for faith and godliness uh, and joy in the Christian life. Um, and then this fundamental, this apostolic and foundational word is also uh, the word that points us to and makes us wise in sal- to salvation in Christ. And all of that means is that the scripture is the wisdom of God in the word of God. And the more you know the word of God, the more you know the will of God revealed, the more you will be wise like God. And it begins with salvation in Christ, being wise to the good news of the gospel that God offers to you so that you might be saved. I really, enjoy, I, I, you know, the writer of Ecclesiastes in the, in the Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so everything that arises out of your faith in Christ um, is the way of wisdom. Um, and then, and so all of this is to say we need to be Bible people. You know, um, we have to, the Bible has to be uh, that fundamental truth that God gives to us to continue in the Christian life. We never go beyond the scriptures. We need to only go deeper into the scriptures, just like the gospel. I think I, I kind of beat this like a dead horse over and over again, but I'm sure you guys need to hear it over and over again, <laughs> is that the gospel, like the scriptures, is not the ABCs of the Christian faith. It is the A to Z of the Christian faith. You never go beyond the gospel or the scriptures. You only go deeper into the gospel in the scriptures. You can read the scriptures a million times, but depending on where your circumstances, your experiences, where your heart is, each of those million times you read the Bible, you get a million, a million new truths. Not, not completely new truths, but you see things in a different way. You know, um, like here, I, I think uh, one way to, to illustrate this for me was, you know, you know, when Paul says, I count everything as loss, right? I count everything as loss except for the surpassing, uh, except for the worth, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. Uh, that everything is rubbish. And I still remember that day when I called my mom up. I said, Mom, I'm dropping out of Harvard. <laughs> and it was not, I mean, I just, just, I'm just thinking. You know, I still like, I mean, I still, um, uh, I think only God could have given me this, this perspective on, on dropping out of Harvard, like, you know, it, it, in many ways, it, 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 it is rubbish. I mean, you know, it's not bad. I just think compared to gaining the surpassing worth of Christ, to, to know him, to be able to share him with others, to pastor God's people, to preach the gospel, one of the most, one of the, the only thing I really, you know, I live for. Um, you know, I... I you know, I didn't want to be hundred thousand dollars in debt. I don't, you know, you know, go into um, public health and spend all my time in the hospital. Um, 
it just it just lost all of its glimmer and its shine, and it felt like it became just something else that you know um, I became a different person, where where that was not the most important thing anymore, and uh, and that passage took on a whole different meaning for me because of my experience and what God had taught me, and that's the same. That'll be for you. There'll be times in your life where where uh, different passages that you just took for granted kind of hit you like a ton of bricks in a different way because you've suffered or maybe you've experienced loss or you've experienced uh, Christian joy and sacrifice like you've never had before. And, um, and it speaks to you in a far more profound way. So, um, so we need to continue and, and stay Grounded in God's word. Um, uh, this reminds me of the 1961 Green Bay Packers when they lost the NFL championship. Was it 61? Or maybe it was 60. They lost the NFL championships. And in, in the, the next season when they were be- beginning training camp, uh, Vince Lombardi, you know, everybody was still reeling from their loss the previous year. And Vince Lombardi is uh, just about to start uh, training camp for for the next football season, and everyone's like, "What's he going to say?" Because we lost the championship game, and 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 Vince Lombardi apparently the story goes is he just held up a football and he says, "Gentlemen, this is a football." <laughs> you know, this is a football, and it, w- w- that was his way of saying, you know, you need to go back to the fundamentals, learn how to block, learn how to tackle, learn how to play the fundamentals, because if you don't continue in the fundamentals, then everything else is is superfluous. It's not going to help you. And so the Bible is that, it, gentlemen, ladies, this is the word of God. You can't get beyond it. It is how you build your Christian life. So that's uh, how how to continue in the faith that Paul Paul tells Timothy there. We also have to continue in God's in in, in the God-breathed word verse 16. It's and let me and there's three aspects here. It's all scripture, all breathed, all sufficient. Uh, all scripture from in, in the writing of this it's Genesis all the way to Malachi and maybe there were letters also uh, uh uh, circulating that that they considered the word of God, but uh, but when the word of God was 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 finished and it was uh, canonized from Genesis to Revelation, all of Scripture is God's word. And how is it God's word? It is all breathed, right? All inspired. Uh, Theonoustos, you know, Paul Paul uses that word. It is God breathed, God inspired. Um, and because of that, uh, it speaks to us of all that we need from God. It's completely sufficient for everything. And again, that's why, at the heart of that is why uh, it has to be absolutely foundational and fundamental to our faith. Uh, let me read to you a little section uh, on, the, on, the full, on the all-sufficiency of the Word of God from the Westminster Confession Uh, Chapter 1, paragraph 6. I'll just read it to you. 
The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down in Scripture or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church common to human actions and societies, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. And, and that's just the, uh, the, conf- the Westminster Confession's way of saying everything you need for faith and godliness is laid out in Scripture. You don't need anything else. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you're sick, you know, you go to the Bible for medical advice. But, uh, but it does tell you, go, to your, go see your doctor. <laughs> it does tell you that if you have spiritual ailments, the word of God has, it, has the prescription. You know, if you're struggling with a particular sin, the word of God teaches you how to break it. Um, if you need spiritual power in your life, the scriptures give you the gospel like a nuclear reactor in your, in your life to empower you, uh, to break free and to live uh, uh, joyously and filled with peace uh, and assurance in your life. And, um, and this goes against, again, it goes against what our culture and kind of more uh, progressive and liberal Christianity um, tells us that that scripture is just a man-made uh, uh, word. And so because humans wrote it, there's probably um, deficiencies and mistakes and, and things that are, are not true in, in, in a factual sense. Um, and uh, what's, what's interesting is that, um, you know, they don't take into account the God-breathed inspirational component, that God gave the Holy Spirit to speak into and to reveal what he wanted them to reveal so that they can set it down as an accurate revelation of God's will and God's way and what he has done. Um, and so, um, and because of, because it is God-breathed, all, all breathed, it's also all profitable to equip us, to equip the man of God, the person of God, to, for teaching and reproof, uh, another way of thinking about doctrine, teaching as the positive of what God wants us to know, and reproof as what God wants us not to do, um, for conduct in life, right? for correction. Uh, uh, the, the idea here is, is of straightening out, kind of why uh, we think about orthodox, right? We're straight, straightened out doctrine, not, not crooked or circular, but straight. Um, and so, so, that's, uh, so it's, it's correct doctrine, straight doctrine, and for training in righteousness. And this is important, what I want to uh, uh, really encourage you, is that the scriptures teach us uh, the regimen, the practice, the lifestyle of how to live for God. Um, and so we ought to be serious uh, about how to do that. And we can only do that from the scriptures. 
so maybe think of it this way. It, the scriptures are profitable for every area of our life, for all doctrine and duty, all creed and conduct, for the whole Christian with the whole gospel for the whole life. And... Um, So, um, with that said, we'll conclude here, which is uh, the scriptures. The scriptures are absolutely fundamental and foundational for our Christian life. Uh, and so, uh, I'm just very thankful for our church, and this is what we try to do um, in all that we do: is to equip you for your Christian life by teaching you the scriptures, um, right? I mean, we do a lot of other things, but they're, but they're all extensions, really, of our ministry of discipleship around God's word, our fellowship, our Bible study, our worship services, even our, I, I guess you could say, even our, our, our social gatherings. Um, and so um, that, we hope that that sets an example for you that you will put at the center of your life the fundamental foundational practice of living in and around and through God's word. Let it be uh, on your lips, in your mind, in your heart, and let it, let it flow through you in your life and in your actions to those around you and to those that you know. Um, and, at, and the reason why it's all profitable for the man of God, to, for teaching, reproof, uh, for excuse me, for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, is because because this is what Jesus accomplished for us in His use of the Word of the Word of God, right? If you think about His whole life, uh, He used the Word of God as the center of His life to commune with God to fight the temptations against Satan, right? Satan gave the, those temptations. And what did Jesus say? It is written. Right? Each of those times, even as he was on the cross, his prayers were from the word of God. My God, my God, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, right? Um, and it was sufficient for him, the man of God, for every good work including saying this last breath, it is finished. So that then he gives it to you in the giving of the gospel so that it may fully equip you, the man, the woman of God, for every good work so that you might continue in your Christian life for me in my ministry to the very end when Jesus returns and he can say to all of you, all of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. You have been faithful over much. Now enter into the joy of your master through continuing in the word of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for, for your word that helps us to continue to persevere and not fall away. Lord, help us then to 
to be students of these truths and help us then to, to persevere in them and through them. That indeed at the end, we would be fully equipped as the man and woman of God for every good work to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.